Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Tyler Hansbro won the National Player of the Year at North Carolina, and Roy Williams told me that the bottom line was the kid just never got bored with the faces. Like, he always took care of his body. He always stretched. He always lifted weights. He always ran extra. He always went to the offensive glass, even if he was being boxed off. He always beat the other big guy down the floor. That was former Arkansas women's basketball coach Jimmy Dykes. He's an ESPN analyst. He's the author of the book, The Film Doesn't Lie, and he's today's guest. Welcome to Dan Dickow's Quarantine Series on the Scorebook Live Today podcast. As the world, particularly the world of sports, is shut down due to the coronavirus, we're ramping things up a notch here at Scorebook Live. Every weekday, Dan interviews an expert in the world of sports, from star hoopers and coaches like Steve Kerr, Jamal Crawford, and Doug Christie, to seven-time Mr. Olympia bodybuilder Phil Heath. We hope you're entertained and maybe learn a thing or two as we navigate these uncertain times. The easiest way to tune in is by subscribing. In addition to our weekly Washington High School Sports News and Conversation podcast released Thursdays, hosted by myself, Andy Bueller, fellow reporter Todd Millis, Dan is bringing you interviews just like this one delivered five days a week. Head to wherever you get your podcast, subscribe for free, and while you're there, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. Before we get to Dan's interview today, a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by Washington Federal. Washington Federal is a local bank and portfolio lender with more than 200 branches across eight states, more than 32,000 fee-free ATMs, 24-7 online and mobile banking with drive-up ATMs. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live. They care deeply about high school sports and the communities that support them across the entire state of Washington. Head to WFDBank.com to learn how they can help you meet your financial goals. That's WAFDBank.com. Washington Federal, a neighbor you can count on. We hope everybody's staying safe and healthy. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Now, Dan Dickow. Dan Dickow, Scorbuck Live, Washington. Today, our podcast during our quarantine series, where if you've been following along and listening, um, we bring experts in the world of sports, whether it is an athlete, a coach, a broadcaster, a front office executive, or or maybe a marketing uh, genius. Um, Today, we've got a big time guest from the world of college basketball, Jimmy Dykes, uh, who is one of the top color analysts that ESPN has on their college basketball broadcast these days. He's currently living in Northwest Arkansas, where he spent the majority of the the last 20 plus years. So coach, broadcaster, Jimmy Dykes, thanks for joining us, Jimmy. Dan, it's it's great to have you uh, be on with you. You know me, I've been a big fan of yours from back in your playing days and have just kind of watched uh, your, your career over different phases of it, watched how God's blessed you in a lot of areas. And uh, I know you're staying busy right now during this time because I follow you on Twitter and I know you're, man, you're, you're, you're cranking these things out one after another right now. So good for you and your company for doing it. And I, I look forward to visiting with you. Absolutely. Thanks. Yeah. There's um, you know, there's obviously a lot of things going on in the world and in the country right now. And, and, I feel like with, with some of the guests that are able and willing to come on and, and share some experiences, 
if we can impact some, some current high school athletes, coaches, or even parents to better understand where some coaches come from or maybe where successful people in the world of sports have kind of laid a blueprint um, where they can gain some advice and some wisdom, I think it's well worth it. So um, let's jump right into it. You're, you're somebody who um, ha has had a lot of unique experiences in the game of basketball. Uh, you and I connected for the first time when I was playing in college. Uh, you were working for ESPN calling games. Uh, but before that, you were in the college basketball world as a coach, but also in the NBA world as a scout. There's a lot of kids that want to get into coaching. What would your first piece of advice be as they set that goal up? Yeah, that's a man. That's a great question. I get it asked uh, a, a lot, actually, Dan. Um, I think one of the most important things is getting underneath someone that's going to mentor you, teach you, take the time to invest in your life. And that's what I did when I played college basketball. I played for now Hall of Fame coach Eddie Sutton at Arkansas. And that was the reason for my choice because I knew I wanted to be a coach. And I, I knew that he was going to help me down that path. So I, I think anytime you have an opportunity to develop a relationship with someone that, that you admire, that stands for the same things you do, that has the core principles in their life that you stand for, and you want to uh, have a part of, uh, in, in, in your coaching philosophy down the road, that relationship these days is huge. And that word relationship has just blown up over the last, 10 years in all of athletics. I mean, back when, when I played and even when you played, uh, that coach player relationship looks a whole lot different than it does today. And really the, the, the assistant coach, the head coach relationship looks different. Just that word relationship, it just has knocked down so many barriers and boundaries like it, like it needs to. Uh, and you have to have the ability now to, I think, uh, really thrive in that part of your game plan for your life, whether it's coaching or anything. So uh, I, I would answer it again just by saying that, man, get, get engaged, get in the inner circle of someone. I don't care if it's a junior high coach, a, a high school coach, an AU coach, a college coach, or whatever the level is, but that person you're under, man, they're going to they're gonna have a lot of influence on your life. And you are who you hang out with the most. And then that's critical, I think, for young people that are wanting to get into coaching because that voice in, in their ear uh, that they're learning from, they need to be saying the right things in the right way. I love that, that ear listening to those messages as an assistant coach um, is very important. But you, you also mentioned the values and principles as a young coach that you learn from who's the head guy. Everybody – maybe not everybody, but most assistant coaches, young coaches grow up of dreaming of running their own program, being the head coach. What is the advice you would give for a young coach as they're kind of building out their philosophies of the values and principles that you talked about? Um, how would you define being ready to be a head coach? That's an easy one for people to want to skip that step. Um, I think the most important thing, and this goes for me even right now, as I, I just came off my 23rd year with ESPN, 
and you can easily get caught up in what you want to be doing down the road as opposed to where you are. So the first, the first answer I would have that is do your job right now. Because if you're not doing your job right now at the highest level that you can and excelling at whatever that assignment is, then the, the, the next day's dream, the next day's plans, they ain't, ain't going to come through for you. I say, I see so many people in my profession, in coaching, in business, in, in whatever they're in, they're so focused and locked in on getting to the next step, the next level, whatever that is, they forget to take care of today's task. And that, that ultimately derails so many people, man, in life. Uh, I think there's terrific value. I just released a book about five weeks ago called The Film Doesn't Lie. And I talk about in that book, the value of not getting bored with the basics. Tyler Hansbrough won the national player of the year at North Carolina. And Roy Williams told me that the, the, the bottom line was the kid just never got bored with the basics. Like he always took care of his body. He always stretched. He always lifted weights. He always ran extra. He always went to the offensive glass, even if he was being boxed off. He always beat the other big guy down the floor. Uh, and, 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 just day after day after day after day after day of excelling at the basics ultimately made him who he was, the National Player of the Year. And I think that's a great carryover and great lesson for all of us in our life. No matter where your goals are and wanting to run your own program someday, don't get bored with the basics of doing what you should be doing on a daily, on a daily basis. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I'm such a big believer. I, I run some workouts here in the Spokane, Washington area for, for young kids from – you know, fourth grade all the way through high school. And many times I get asked by parents, why are you doing the footwork? Why, why are you doing the finish drills? <laughs> and my answer always is, well, if you get to the rim and you can't finish, so what? If every time you catch the ball, you get called for a travel, so what? If you can't handle the ball with pressure, you're never going to be initiate, able to initiate any type of offense, whether it's the most basic or unfortunately in these day and age uh, with a lot of parents, they want the most intricate offense that they've seen in, in the <laughs> NBA or college. You gotta master the basics before you can move on to the next stuff. But I love how you talked about your book and I was gonna ask you about that. How did you come about um, with determining that you were gonna put together a book and what was that process like? Yeah, it started two off seasons ago. Um, I'm, I'm I'm pretty, um, I'm not going to say bold, but I, I don't hide the fact at all that um, I'm, I'm, I'm a Christian driven by a follower of being a follower of Jesus. Uh, I feel like I've been blessed with a, a, a really nice platform because of my job, the doors that it opens. But I, you know, I approach my day with a bigger calling in life and just using that to call basketball games, which I love, man. I love the sport. But I think there's a bigger calling on my life to do more than just call basketball. Uh, so two off seasons ago, I, I just, I didn't know where it was going to end up. I didn't know if I was putting together a little workbook, maybe for men to work through in, in, in small groups that are just really blossoming across the country right now. Guys get together, accountability groups, or if it's going to be a full-fledged book, but it quickly became one. And so I used that title, The Film Doesn't Lie, because as you know, as you know, that film doesn't lie as a player or as a coach. And you and I have both been through some really hard to watch film sessions. 
as a player where you're thinking in your mind or you told the coach after the play during the game, but coach, I, I did blah, 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 blah. And coach probably said, we'll see tomorrow when we watch that film. And the film comes on, all of a sudden there's the truth. And so I just took that lesson from sports and conversations that I've had as a coach, as an analyst for ESPN with, uh, had a great conversation with Mark Few in the book. John Calipari, Coach K, Roy Williams, Bill Self, a lot of just a lot of guys that uh, I've, I've passed crossed paths with. But I take that analogy a step further after we say the sports theme in the chapter, and then say where where are you in your life? When I'm talking about the word forgiveness, pause your film right now as a reader of this book and look at your film of life, and let's talk about having anger, bitterness, resentment, unforgiveness in your heart. So it's a challenging book, Dan. It's an easy book to read. You're talking to me. You've known me for a long time. I don't use big words. I, don't, I can't spell big words. So it's an easy book to read, but it's a hard, challenging book to read because I, I think it, it causes the reader to create space and time in their heart to really seriously reflect on what some scenarios I think are, are very, very important. And as you know, that's when real – real change, real authentic growth occurs in someone. Uh, it's on a, my short list of books to order soon. Um, so once I get back to the traveling and the grind of college basketball season next year, I, I will be reading it for sure. Hopefully I get to it before then. That, that's another uh, part. But you mentioned some of those coaches um, that you had a chance to interview for your book. But you've covered college basketball for many years. Who is the most down-to-earth coach and why at the college level? Oh, man, there, there are so many. The, the guy right there in your backyard is probably leads the charge, Mark Few. Um, in that book, the chapter that I talk about Mark Few and a story I had with him is on balance and the importance of having proper balance in our life as a dad, as a husband, as a man, leading a family, as a, as a mom, it retains, it relates to everybody out there. But uh, I, I think he gets that part of major college basketball as good or better than anyone else out there right now. And he's very clear about how he goes about his day. There, there's no one, you know, this, but better than anybody, he's as competitive or more competitive than any dude out there coaching the game and his track record of success and, and top-level championship-quality teams is, is ridiculous right now. Some pulse on balance for him as a, as a dad and a husband and as a leader of his staff, as well as anyone out there. And I, I go in great depth with the conversation he and I had about that particular word, balance, and how hard it is to keep, how hard it is to get, and how easy it is to lose proper balance in our life. Uh, and uh, that's, he's, uh, he's very real and very authentic with that, man. That's, and uh, he, he's, he's very intentional about it. Uh, I, I think Rick Barnes uh, from the University of Tennessee comes to mind. He and I have developed a really strong friendship the last two years. He has a tremendous story about how God has changed his life. He's very real and authentic in terms of who he is as a coach these days. And, and how God's changed him. Uh, but but man, those two guys, any conversation I'm around with those two guys, I learn because they, they, they're doing things at a high, high level 
in their life personally that I want to be better at in mine. Some great examples. Obviously, I know Coach Few very well. Uh, I don't know Rick Barnes uh, more than just a hello in passing, but I've heard other people like yourself say tremendous things about him. You mentioned about trying to figure out your voice of writing as you put together a book. I'm sure there's a lot of high school kids that maybe want to be in your shoes calling a, a college basketball game down the road, whether it's play-by-play or as a college analyst. How did you find your voice as a TV broadcaster? Well, that's a trick right there. Um, and I, I know most people are going to answer that by with, with, with different thoughts on it. Um, I think at the end of the day, uh, and I, this, man, I, I, this, this could be another chapter in the book. I think at the end of the day, my, my voice as a college basketball analyst has to be real. It's got to be authentic to who I am. It can't be fake. It has to be me. I, I can't be trying to be someone else on the air. And I was very fortunate for whatever reason to figure that out early. And I, my, my, my presentation, my voice is different than other analysts. And I'm, I'm, not, I'm not the only one like that, okay? But I just know how I see a game, how I talk about a game. That's just who I am, you know? So I, I'm trying to be the same on air in my, um, in my spirit and how I see things, what I value. I'm trying to be the same on air as I am off the air because ultimately, Dan, at the end of my days, uh, what I'm doing for ESPN, that's what I do, but that's, but that's not who I am. That's just my job. That's what I do to earn a living for my family, and I love doing it. But the bigger part of that is, who am I? Well, I'm, I'm a husband and a dad. That's the number one calling on my life, and that's different than, than, than what I do. Who I am is, more, is different than what I do. What I do is announce college basketball for ESPN. Who I am is a dad and a husband. So that all ties together, and that's how I found my voice, is I'm going to be real. I'm going to be true to who I am, my, my spirit, my demeanor, uh, my preparation, the boundaries I put around me, getting ready for a game while I'm on the road. All those things are going to mold me and continue to keep me being, being who Jimmy Dykes is off the air, keeping him true to who he is on the air. Don't be someone else. Find out who you are. Be that person in life and be that person on your job, whether it's an ESPN analyst or an insurance salesman, a doctor, whatever. Well, you had a, a voice for ESPN for years, and that's where we first connected, and I continued to um, stay in touch with you as I got into the broadcast world. And I, I know you and I had conversations about help helping me form a, you know, a broadcast reel to send out to different networks and, and things to think about for my prep. But you were a voice in that world for years. And then you went back into the coaching world as a head coach uh, for the women's program at University of Arkansas. How long did it take you to get back to your coaching voice, or is it always there once you're a coach? And what was that adjustment like? Yeah, that was a, that's a pretty steep adjustment because I jumped into coaching the women's game, and I had never coached women's basketball in my life. Uh, but it was, it was at my alma mater right here in Fayetteville three miles from my house. Uh, so the transition part of it in that aspect was pretty seamless. 
I, I love the on-floor coaching, teaching, things that I've learned over the last 20 years prior to that from watching different practices, implementing those things. Uh, and then at the end of the day, as an analyst, and you know this, I mean, our job as an analyst is to break down the game, teach the game, be entertaining at times, prepare, work, watch film. So there was, there was, it's a pretty, I don't know, sim, a lot of similarities in those two jobs. You know, the difference is you're in charge of total 13 athletes every day and a staff of, of 10 people and managing that, which was different than my previous job where you're with a team. I know for me, every Tuesday, Wednesday, and Saturday, I'm on a broadcast team, but then we go our separate ways. So uh, I, 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 I valued that time after a three-year period looking back on it. I think it made me grow as an analyst because when you're a head coach, man, you're, you, you, you think you're detailed in your preparation for an ESPN broadcast and all of a sudden you're a head coach and you're worried about everything, every little detail of every screen, every ball screen coverage, everything. So I think I grew in my basketball during that three-year period. I think I have a better feeling now for an understanding what coaches are going through when things are rolling their way like it did for me in my first year and NCAA tournament, first round win, top 25 recruiting class. But also I now have a better feeling for coaches and what's not going their way because it didn't go the way I wanted to in my third year. So all that was tremendous growth uh, period in my life. You're, um, I just read a really good article uh, on the athletic. Uh, it was about Sean Kemp and being that we're based in the state of Washington, uh, a lot of high school coaches here that listen to this probably remember those Sean Kemp, Gary Payton um, glory years where unfortunately, if you're a Sonic fan, they couldn't knock off the, the Bulls. <laughs> Can you go back and talk about just how dominant Sean Kemp was? Because I know you, were, you had some really good quotes in that article, and it brought back a lot of memories for me as a kid watching just how good Sean Kemp was. Yes, I was, so I was an assistant coach at Kentucky when Sean came to Lexington his freshman year, and he had to set out his freshman year because of academic requirements that weren't met. Uh, but when he got there that summer, this, this dude was a different cat, Dan. He was at a whole other level of other high school kids that we had coming into Kentucky. And at Kentucky, you're bringing in the best of the best. And when he stepped on campus and stepped on the floor for the first time, you just knew there was something different about this guy. And I, I remember specifically one of the very first pickup games that he played in. Uh, it was Kenny Walker, who at the time was having a terrific career in the NBA. Other NBA players were back on campus. Our upperclassmen were there, guys that just graduated and getting ready for, you know, the, the draft or whatever. Um, we're in pickup games, and, and Sean came into my office after that first day. I said, how'd it go, big fella? And he said, Coach, it went, it went fine. I said, well, who, who impressed you out there? Because now, remember, I got, we got Rex Chapman on the floor and Kenny Skywalker and Sam Bowie. And, I mean, we're talking big-time talent. And he said, Coach, honestly, I think I was the best guy out there. <laughs> and, and he's 18, just came out of high school, and he was right. He was right. He was the best guy out there. And he just always had that quiet, kind of a quiet, humble, I know I'm better than you and I'm going to beat your brains in when we play type, I don't know, vibe about him. I love Sean Kemp, man. He, he had a million-dollar smile. 
it didn't work out for him at Kentucky for, for some different reasons, but it certainly worked out for him in the NBA. And, but I, to, to, I just say again, from, from day one, when he walked in uh, my office for the first time on his recruiting visit, I stood up to shake his hand. It looked like as an 18 year old high school senior, you're looking at a guy that was in his fifth or sixth year in the NBA and was an all-star. His body, his, his, he looked older. He was the real deal. Uh, I love hearing firsthand experiences of, of former pros who were dominant at an early age. Uh, Jimmy, really appreciate your time here on the Scoreboard Live Washington Today podcast. Uh, some great pieces of advice for, for young coaches and, and student athletes. Um, thank you for the time. I look forward to uh, us as a country and a world getting through this. Uh, because I know I broadcast games, but you're one of the guys that I love listening to when I'm flipping channels, um, break down the game, and I can't wait for that next season with college basketball. Well, I appreciate you saying that. You know, we, we mentioned my book. I'll tell you because I know you got a lot of listeners to your stuff right now, but if you go to my website, CoachJimmyDykes.com, and you buy the book off that website, Dan, I'm, I'm taking the time right now during this quarantine time to personally write a note in those books, order off my website and sign them. So anyone that's interested in that book, I think it'll really challenge them. They'll be entertained by the stories, but their heart will, it will, their heart will be challenged to grow and change in their life. So anyone that's interested, go to coach Jimmy order that book. I'll be sitting there signing away, man, as we're all uh, trying to make the most of this, this time, but I really appreciate you having me on. I'm a huge fan of yours. I hope you know that. I uh, appreciate it. And yes, uh, I will be at that website, CoachJimmyDykes.com, soon um, because I'm looking forward to reading that book as well. So, Jimmy, appreciate it, and uh, hopefully we'll connect sooner rather than later. Take care, and uh, hopefully you and your family continue to stay safe, healthy, and blessed. Okay, Dan, you too, man. See ya. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube